Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime cult conspiracy encrypted podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And it's Sunday. It's Sunday. <laughs> it's been a, a while since we've recorded on Sundays. Like, we, our last one was, but then before that, it was like random days of the week, it felt like. Yeah, because we've been so busy. Which, not a complaint. No. Just a comment. Yeah. Um, for anyone interested, I did not injure myself this past week. Yay! We're <laughs> so proud of you. Still have a little black eye. But and honestly, like, I don't hardly notice it anymore. I think it's just because you're used to it. But, like, I, it's not as prominent. Well, you yeah, could definitely obviously. cover it with well, I'm not makeup. If you, I'm, I'm just saying, if, if I you really wanted to, wanted to, I could probably do it, but that would be, I'm not that talented. <laughs> and I also just don't care that much. I mean, it should be gone by the time you get to vacation, don't you think? Yeah. And if it's not, I really don't care. <laughs> All our family friends are like, Emily, what happened? It's been two weeks. So you would think it'd go away, but that's besides the point. I hope so. Um, Anything else we need to talk about this week or I I know we don't always want to talk about serious every episode but he's just looking at me with the sweetest little look on his face and I can hardly take it. And then the second I say something he moves. But he just was looking up at me real happy and it made me happy. So that's all. <laughs> um okay. I guess we can just get into it then. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. Okay, um, I am telling the story this week, um, and it's one that I have had on my list probably since, like, day one. Really? Yeah, I just have never done it, um, I don't know why, but it's in the state of Indiana. I got a tiny bit nervous because neither of us told the other person where our story was. And I was like, oh, God, if she well, says Ohio, I'm going to get so nervous. No, I knew it wasn't because <laughs> you said originally you thought yours, the person was just from the Midwest. Yeah. And mine was like in the mid, like I, there was like, there's no okay. confusion there. So I knew it wasn't going to be okay. the same story. Okay. Um, and I would say it's infamous, but last time I said that you had never heard of it. So Indiana, you said, right? Yeah. So I guess maybe I feel I feel like it's infamous to me, but maybe not to you. I don't All know. Right. We'll find um, out. Let's see. Also, I don't think no one suggested this one, which is kind of surprising. Okay. But um, today I'm going to be telling the story of Daniel Davis, Jane Freet, Mark Flemons, and Ruth Ellen Shelton, um, otherwise known as the Burger Chef Murders. Maybe. Never heard of the Burger Chef murders? Maybe. It's it like it feels <laughs> vaguely familiar, but I could be thinking of the ice cream shop. Oh, in Austin? Yeah. Yeah. So it it could be that I'm confusing the two or it could be that I do know this story. Yeah. We'll find out. I wouldn't be surprised like cuz remember last time I said it was infamous it was the Springfield 3 and you had never heard of it and yeah. I was like, "What?" Well, and then <laughs> so funny that Sunday I was listening to, and that's why we drank, and Christine covered that story. Oh, really? And then you covered it the Tuesday, because we'd already recorded the yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. 
And so I was like, oh my God, what are the chances? Yeah, that's funny. Because they do like the entire world. They cover the whole world and we just cover the Midwest. So, All right. So our story takes place on November 17th, 1978 in Speedway, Indiana. Speedway is described as, quote, one of the best places to live in Indiana, end quote, and has a population of roughly 12,000 people. It is um, a suburb of Indianapolis. Okay. So I think of it as like Woodbury. Okay. Okay. Um, now, considering the story it takes place around a Burger Chef restaurant, I'm sure some of you are wondering what that is. Um, Burger Chef is a fast food chain that was founded in 1954 in Indianapolis, Indiana. It quickly became popular and expanded to around 1,050 stores around the United States and Canada. In 1972, Burger Chef was the second biggest fast food chain in America, only surpassed by, I'm sure you can guess... McDonald's. McDonald's. Um, fun fact... Burger Chef was the first fast food chain to introduce a, quote, fun meal, which was their kids' meal. Like a kids' meal, okay. A few years later, McDonald's created the Happy Meal, and Burger Chef sued McDonald's, but ultimately lost that lawsuit. In 1982, the company that owned Burger Chef sold to a company in Canada that owned Hardee's, and most of the remaining Burger Chefs converted to Hardee's stores, um, and those that did not convert simply closed. The whole time we were talking about Burger Chef, I was like, this feels like a Hardee's. So that's really very trippy that they did sell and like get merged into Hardee's. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. Now that we all have our Burger Chef background. (laughs) Our facts. Yeah. We're going to go back to Speedway, Indiana. Um, Around midnight, another employee of the Burger Chef, Brian Crane, was driving by the restaurant when he noticed that the lights of the restaurants were still on. Um, The restaurant closed at 11 p.m., so about an hour earlier. So he thought he might be able to catch his friends that were on shift that day and maybe help them close up. So That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, Very nice. Uh, So the employee decided to swing into the parking lot and see what was going on. When he got to the back of the burger chef, he noticed that the back door was unlocked. So he walked in and first thing that he noticed was that all four of the employees who were on shift weren't there. The four employees were 20-year-old Jane Freet, 16-year-old Daniel Davis. Uh, Jane was the manager on duty. Okay. I think she was assistant manager, but she was the manager on duty. Okay. Uh, 16-year-old Mark Flemons and 17-year-old Ruth Shelton. The next thing he noticed was that the safe that held that day's earnings was open and empty and roughly $531 was missing. Um, $530 in 1978 money is around $2,300 in today's money. Holy shit, really? Inflation's that much? That's what it said. Damn. I didn't think it'd be that much. I I know that's like not the thing to focus on, but Um, wow. In the parking lot, there were three cars, and the only car that was missing was a 1974 Chevrolet Vega, which belonged to Jane. Um, At this point, Brian decided to call around to other, like, Burger Chef employees and, like, mutual friends and see if anyone had heard from 
uh, Jane, who was the assistant manager on duty. Yes. Uh, and when he didn't get anywhere with that, he decided at this point to call the police. Things like the employees' wallets and jackets were left behind, which was odd. But uh, when the police arrived, they searched around the restaurant and nothing was like out of place. There didn't look like there was a struggle. It just Weird. looked like they had just kind of left. Uh, so what the police came to the conclusion of was this was a case of petty embezzlement, which means he believed that the four teenagers, or I should say three teenagers and one 20-year-old, yeah. had stolen the money from the safe for themselves and were just out on the town. I have a feeling that's not going to be the case. Because of this, the police didn't take the case seriously, therefore didn't take the crime scene seriously. They allowed the next morning's Burger Chef crew to clean up the crime scene because, well, they didn't think there was a crime committed. No. Um, and the Burger Chef operated as normal the next day. But when the four employees didn't return home and when they didn't show up for their next Burger Chef shifts, that's when the police were like, oh, shit. Oh, we done fucked up. Yeah, this maybe this is a little bit bigger than we thought. Um, so they began to think of this as a robbery kidnapping situation. Okay. Um, and then around midday Saturday, so the next day, midday, police found Jane's car right smack in the dab in the middle of town. And it was like partially unlocked. So half of it was unlocked and half of it wasn't. Like maybe someone had like so like manually some- unlocked one of the doors or something. So like, well, and I'm just thinking well, like today's cars... If you open the driver's door, you don't have to open all the doors. So maybe like when you But this was 1970. No, I know. But let me finish. Okay. So maybe like when you pull, because sometimes in older cars, when you open the door, the driver's door, and all the other doors are locked, that the driver's door will just automatically unlock when you pull the handle. That's what it, in the Tacoma pickup truck that we used to have, the, with the crank windows, Mm -hmm. that's what happened. So I didn't have to unlock my passenger side door. I could just pull on the handle of the driver's door and it would open that seems confusing to me i assumed (laughs) that there was an automatic locks and just like maybe two people one people were in the two front seats and they just like that was i mean i have no idea and and that could definitely be it that was my assumption um Okay, and then at this point, a widespread search for the four Burger Chef employees began. Um, police had no clues early on, probably because they didn't take it seriously and yeah, they didn't have a crime no scene shit. anymore. Um, I guess the only crime scene photo they had was like the next day during the middle of the new Burger Chef. Like, seriously? Yeah, it just... You and the police admit that they fucked up okay so they take responsibility that's good at least good but um i was gonna say you would think that even if they did believe it was a theft you would still need photos for evidence like of the safe or of the employee's space or you know like you would have thought there'd be at least something but i don't know nothing what nothing hurts yeah i don't know um okay The following Sunday afternoon, some hikers in the deep woods of Johnson County, which is about 20 miles away from the Burger Chef restaurant, stumbled upon the bodies of Jane, Daniel, Mark, and Ruth. All four of them had been murdered, um, Mm -hmm. and they all four were still in their orange and brown Burger Chef uniforms. 
16-year-old Daniel and 18-year-old Ruth were both found shot with a point three, sorry, a 38 caliber revolver execution style. This sounds familiar. 20-year-old Jane was stabbed so violently that the blade of the knife actually snapped off inside of her body. And 16-year-old Mark was beaten to death by a chain-like object and ultimately died choking on his own blood as he laid face up. Oh, God, that's so sad. On the bodies of the victims, police found watches and money, which contradicted the theory that this was a robbery gone wrong. Just want to point that out. Um, at this point, the Indiana State Police obviously gave this case its utmost attention, um, and their main working theory at the time was, again, this robbery gone wrong theory. Apparently, there had been robberies at other burger chefs in the area not too long before this one, and they believe that Mark who was covering a shift for another burger chef employee the night of the crime, recognized one or both of the robbers, because they assumed it was more than one. Okay. Um, to make sure there was no evidence left behind, and then ended up all the other, killing all the other employees, so they would be recognized. Why did they assume it was him that knew the people? Because, because of how he was killed, or? Well, I'll get into it Okay. in a little later. Okay. So we'll circle back. Okay. Um... Not too long after the crime, a witness came forward anonymously and said that they had seen two suspicious men in a car outside of the Burger Chef restaurant. Both men were white of white and of average height. One man was clean-shaven and the other had a beard. The clean-shaven man had a light color hair. Uh, clay busts were made of the suspects to get a better visual of what they might look like, but even with these clay busts, no leads ever came from this. In 1978, so same year, a man in a bar in Greenwood, Indiana, or maybe it wasn't the same year, sorry. I might have that date wrong, because that doesn't make sense. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I apologize if I have that date wrong. I think I do. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Um, a bar in Greenwood, Indiana, a man in a, sorry, a man in a bar in Greenwood, Indiana, rag- bragged about being involved in the Burger Chef murders. But when police brought him in for questioning, he passed a polygraph test, which we all know now, not super reliable. No. But back then, that yeah. You know. Um, also, I just don't understand why people do that. Like, who are you trying to impress by being right. like, I murdered four kids. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck? Right. At this point, police no longer considered him a suspect, but he was able to give the police descriptions and details of a gang that was robbing fast food restaurants at the time, and they believed that maybe these men could be linked to the murders. Two men who did resemble the clay bus were eventually called in for questioning, um, and the man who had the beard surprisingly shaved his beard the day he came in for questioning. Oh, so he'd look less like it. Yeah. The second man who resembled the clean-shaven one was already in jail for robbery okay of i believe fast food restaurants but without any evidence and no confession the two men were never charged with the murders because they were like very adamant that they didn't have anything to do with it and they even gave them like a bunch of plea deals and they never took a plea deal and they didn't have enough evidence so they were never charged with the murders okay um the police did have one more big suspect in this case in 1984, the detectives working the case at the time got a call from an inmate serving a 95-year sentence for sexual assault. 
That man's name was Donald Forrester. He claimed to be involved with the murders and wanted to make a full confession in exchange for not being sent to the Indiana State Prison, which was notoriously violent at the time. At first, police didn't take him too seriously, but when Donald was able to lead police to the exact place where the bodies were found, describe how they were found, like specific... Like how they were killed and, and where stuff they and were. like where each body... Okay. And describe um, the knife being broken off into Jane's chest, which was something that wasn't public knowledge. Yeah. The police uh, began to get excited, which don't blame them. Yeah, I can imagine that's like a, oh my God, moment. Yeah. Um, Donald stated that the reason for the crime was because Jane's older brother owed him and some people a large amount of money on a drug deal. So their plan was to go to the burger chef and rough Jane up a little bit to scare her brother. But when Mark intervened to help Jane, a fight broke out and Mark fell and hit his head. Um, and they presumed he had been, he had died in the fall. Okay. So they were like, well, fuck, now we have to do something. So yeah, they kidnapped all of them and killed them all. So there would be no witnesses. Um, you know, cause accidental killing someone and premeditated murder, you know, makes sense. Donald claimed he only shot and killed Ruth and Daniel while his accomplices had killed Jane and Mark. Donald said he had thrown the murder weapon into the river. Uh, Police did search the river, but it was never found. Donald's ex-wife also told police that he had driven her out to the wooded area where he went and collected some spent thirty-eight caliber shell casings, then drove home and flushed them down the toilet. The police did search the septic tank of the home and did find some spent 38 shell casings. That's so gross. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so everything was kind of starting to fall into place. It seemed like they finally had at least one of the people. Um, I have a bad feeling that you're going to just be like, haha, just kidding. Until. Yep, there we go. There it is. <laughs> someone in the sheriff's department leaked that Donald had been working with police on the Burger Chef murders. Donald immediately stopped talking to the police and said that the confession had been coerced out of him. Unfortunately, Donald would never go back and talk to the police again, and he died in prison of cancer. What an idiot. At this point, um, the case... Not Donald, the the, cop. Well, both, but... Well, yeah, both, but mainly I was talking about the cop there. At this point, the case had run cold, and unfortunately, to this day, it hasn't been solved. Um... So, obviously, the biggest theory in this case is that the crime was a robbery gone wrong. I stated before that the police had a working theory that Mark had recognized one of the robbers and they decided to make sure they weren't caught. That make sure. Yeah. They, yep. Yeah, I got you. They had to kill them. Yep. Um, okay. So, I'm trying to decide if I want to... S- I'll just keep reading and then at the end we'll talk about Mark. Okay. Okay. So, keep my mouth shut for now. For just, like, a little while longer. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I read in one of my other sources that it was believed also that maybe Mark didn't recognize the robbers, but instead he decided to possibly be the hero. That's kind of coming back to that Jane theory, like, coming to Jane's restaurant. Fight broke out. Mark was either badly injured or killed right there at the burger chef, killed the other employees. I do have a hard time with this one, though, solely for the fact that the restaurant was clean like there was no blood there's no 
there's no nothing was out of place yeah that was that's my only like it just caveat looked on like they one. had just ghosted right like, yeah that's why the cops were like right. oh they just took the money right okay um okay now sorry i do believe that the robbery gun theory though is probably most likely in my opinion okay um but it doesn't really make sense because such a small amount of cash was taken i mean desperate people do desperate things and then they left valuables on the victims and money on the victims themselves and they left their purses that's true money like that is weird that's just seems weird to me you're right that does seem kind of weird um also my other question is why transport the four victims to a secondary location if you're planning on killing them why not just kill them there to why would you risk taking four people out of a restaurant on a road like a presumably busy road granted it was like after well, it around was in, 11 we'll say around between 11 ele- between 11 and midnight and midnight but it's a friday night yeah that just seems a little risky yeah it does you're right um another question i have is why drive 20 miles out of town to kill them um there's a podcast i listen to called red ball and it focuses specifically on this case okay um and it's ashley flowers who's the mm, yep. crime junkie yep yeah, she does it. It's only like four episodes. It's not super long. Um, but she talks to one of the detectives working on this case, and he brings up that question, too. They said that back in 1978, there were plenty of loca- other locations that they would have had to drive by that would have been just as remote as the lo- location where the bodies were found. Okay. So why drive 20 miles? Yeah, why go that far? Yeah. And that makes me think maybe they were like familiar with that area. Yeah. That would make sense. Like, they're like, oh, I know that no one's going to come across these bodies or come across us while we're doing anything. And neither of the girls were sexually assaulted or anything? No. Okay. Um, And then my other question. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of questions here. (laughs) Which is fair. Is why both Jane and Mark were killed in such a more gruesome fashion than Ruth and Daniel were? Not saying being shot execution style is any better, but it's it's quicker. It's quicker, and I mean, Mark was beat with a chain, yeah, like object, which is really weird. And she was stabbed so hard the the blade of the knife literally broke, broke off, off. In her sternum, like yeah, which is not that's like rage, like yeah, that's not easy to do. So like, I'm like to break a knife. It just doesn't make much sense. So then, so then that brings me back to that Daniel Donald Forrester thing where Jane was. The one they were trying to rough up and yeah. then Mark intervened, so they're mad at Mark, so they go after those two more, but I don't know. Still But then there's the problem of the crime scene being so clean, like they're not gonna just doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're just not gonna take the t- you wouldn't assume they would take the time no. to be like let's we're thinking clean. two different things. Well, you said that he got roughed up trying to protect her, right? Yes. So going back to your comment about how clean the crime scene was and how it didn't look like there'd been a struggle but i guess if maybe if you just fall and hit your head i don't know i fell and hit my head and i was yeah but you didn't die yeah i don't know i don't and none of your friends thought you were dead yeah i would hope (laughs) 
Um, and I just, I don't understand. So, the, and then that makes me think, okay, there is at least two killers. One killed Ruth and Daniel. Possibly three. Yeah, I was going to say two to three makes sense to me. One killed Mark and one killed Jane. So, yeah. one, two, one killed the two, one yeah. killed Mark and one killed, so that'd be three. Yeah. It makes me think three. Yeah. Um, okay. Police believe also that this robbery gone wrong theory could have been an inside job of maybe a current or ex-employee. Um, some things they point out is that they believe that they gained entry to the restaurant when one of the workers went out back to throw out the trash. Um, and if it was an inside job, they would have known like when the restaurant was closing, the closing procedures and when someone would have been in out the back door to throw out the trash. Yeah. And that comes back to this Mark thing. So they think that it was, if it was an inside job. Yeah. They wouldn't have known mark was supposed to be there that night because he was covering a shift right that's right oh god can you imagine how guilty you would feel if you were the person he was covering for yeah so they're thinking if okay inside job okay mark knows me mark's not going to be on shift that night yeah mark is surprised there and then there and then yeah that makes sense cover up their so that's why they think it's mark who recognized them okay um but my gut is telling me that Donald Forrester was involved in some way. Because otherwise, how would we how know? How would he have known so much about it? I mean, and if somebody told him, he would have snitched. Yeah. You know? So the fact that he stopped talking really sucks. Yeah. Police have admitted that they totally screwed up the initial investigation by not taking the crime seriously right off the bat and allowing the Burger Chef employees to clean up the crime scene and resume operations the next day. Like yeah. I said, can you imagine sorry um walking in the next morning and having to work and being like what the hell happened here last night yeah i would be a little Ooh. nervous to work a closing shift Ooh. um to this day the case remains cold like i said but a cold case team is working to solve the crime uh, it's not closed or anything it's just cold okay hopefully in the next coming years we'll finally have answers to what happened at the burger chef that night i'm keeping my fingers crossed on this one but it's hard to be optimistic when they have no dna no fingerprints no nothing really it's gonna take like you're gonna a confession basically to i was gonna ask like on a scale of one to ten one being no and ten being absolutely could be solved in the next five years where do you sit A four? Yeah. I'm pretty it's been pretty low. But yeah. I really want it to be solved. Yeah. Because this one has been, like, one that I've thought about a lot. It just doesn't make any sense. No. There's a lot of weird Questions. things about I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I really want it to be solved. And I... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. That's how I feel about the Jody who's in truth. Is like anytime something happens, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, come on, solve it, solve it, solve it. You know. Do you have a theory? No, I really don't. Cause it, it there's just so much stuff that like 
again why take them to a different location why kill them in three different ways um why kill them at all um it's just how did he know so much about it and then like you're already confessing why wouldn't you keep confessing like that that doesn't make sense either was he unless scared he of was someone? i was gonna say unless he was afraid of somebody but you're already in prison yeah so like are you protecting your family by not continuing to talk or were you threatened in prison was the other person already in prison like there's just there's so many questions that i just i don't really have i don't really have like a set theory i would I have a lot of questions yeah <laughs> but um yeah and i tried to deep dive on reddit but most people believe this robbery gone wrong wrong theory but then like you said that doesn't make a lot of sense with how much was left on the victims like if you're gonna steal and then murder to cover up the theft at least m- make it worth your time you know Quote what i'm like yeah I don't, I'm not saying that it's worth it to murder these people, but like, why would you leave all their valuables on them if you've already killed them? Right. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Especially with cash. Like, cash is so easy to just take. Like, I could understand leaving jewelry because that could be traced back to you at like a pawn shop or whatever. But the cash doesn't make any sense. Mm, sure doesn't. Um. Okay. Well... I would love to hear if anyone else has any theories or if they like this case. Because this one's been a doozy for me for a while. (laughs) Um, Had you ever Um, heard of it? Aspects of it sounded really familiar. But I don't... Like, the details didn't sound super familiar. So, like, them being found in the woods, that and two of them being shot execution style and the other two weren't... that was really familiar but other than that not really okay well another infamous case that danielle didn't know (laughs) (laughs) i guess my thought on an infamous case is different than others but um, or i just don't listen to the same podcasts i think think the first time i heard it was on my favorite murder yeah and i don't i don't listen to that one anymore i don't either and i literally couldn't remember a single case that they did if you asked me really no wow like if you were like hey danielle did they cover oh well, jacob yeah. wetterling i'd be like no. it probably okay um my sources were the medium.com unsolved not me wikipedia crimecapsule.com and then for i got another wikipedia for the burger chef information um and then reddit and our socials are MW Madness Podcast at Gmail for our email. Uh, MW Madness Podcast is our Instagram. And we are on Facebook, Midwest Madness Podcast Group. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. Well, we hope you guys have a good rest of your week. And I had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah. Bye. Bye.